Hello and welcome to episode 22 of the Sussex by the Sea podcast, a podcast about all things Hastings United. We have the great pleasure of Matthew Goldsmith, long-time ref and familiar face for all of us down at the pilot field. He talks VAR, the levels a referee goes through to rise up the leagues, his love of yellow carding Jack Dixon, and really gives an insight into the art of refereeing. Also on the show, we have a round table and a half. We are graced with the first team performance analyst, James McCrossan. He gives us a fascinating insight into all the hard work that goes on behind the scenes to make our club so successful. And also, he and the rest of the round table give their thoughts on the sad departures of Izzy Payne, David Rodari and Ben Ward, who we all wish all the best, and Project Non-League, and a whole lot more. Enjoy Hastings fans, and now over to Matthew Goldsmith, aka Matt the Ref. Well Matt, absolute pleasure to talk to you, um, this is a long time coming this, you, you wouldn't know this, well you've all known this a bit because I've spoke to you before, Yeah, um, I won't pretend, but there's been a ton of Hastings fans that want to hear from you. And uh, know your opinions on a few things. They <laughs> <laughs> do, yeah. <laughs> but to, to keep it like, how did you, you first get started? A, quite a short story, in all fairness. I was involved with a kids' football team in the uh, younger days, as such. And the lad obviously played in the team. And week every week, and every other week, could never get a referee. And uh, being a, an ex-football player as I was, I thought I knew. In the insights of refereeing, but mm. I didn't. So I went on a course, ironically, do you know what I mean? And uh, got hooked up line and sinker, in all fairness, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So started doing a few games, um, learning. Obviously, the kids' um, football team kind of like uh, went a bit sideways and finished, and I just carried on doing adult football, and I just progressed with it, in all fairness, do you know what I mean? So got hooked. Got hooked. Oh, yeah. right. how does that work then, Matt? Like, in terms of your qualifications for the levels of leagues you're at i mean right how does that how does that work for someone who you know I'm, I, I wouldn't have a clue but so how would it uh, work well you I mean, it starts with levels one mm. one to i think it's to 10 i think it was the day when i first started out and uh you go on the um on the progression route of obviously getting promoted to the next level as such you know what yeah. I mean? so someone comes comes along writes a little kind of like uh an essay a, assessment about you oh, and right. so and submits it to the local uh, authorities like Sussex County and things like that. And uh, the more kind of like um, good assessments you get, it puts you forward to promotion to the next level. And oh. vice versa. So you've got, you've got the ladder and obviously from local football to county football to Ryemond to uh, the conference and so on like that. So the, obviously with the higher leagues, you've got to be a certain level. Mm. So, you know, local parts games, you could be a level seven, level eight nowadays. Do you know what I mean? So I, I got to a level three. Mm. I had a, a several years doing that. And obviously I'm back down to level four now, obviously because uh, I didn't really meet, meet the criteria which was needed at the time because you get uh, club marks, assessment marks. And obviously I just kind of vanished away a little bit as such. Mm. Do you know what I mean? What was you that? Know? Card happy enough or something? What was what was um, you know? it probably was, it probably was that and obviously I think I maybe upset a few clubs doing things right and obviously yeah. they thought doing things wrong so obviously they give you a, a poor club mark so that puts you yeah. down in the rankings so when you go too far down in the rankings you don't meet the criteria to stay on for another year if that makes any sense yeah yeah and I mean I think that, yeah go on, Matt how does it work in terms of because obviously we all have bias clubs you know I'm a yeah. Hastings fan I know this 
biased fans, without doubt. So how does it work? Like, you know, the assessor, is the assessor's report favoured over the club reports? Or how does it work? Because, you know, obviously clubs are biased. Well, clubs, obviously, assessment marks is one category. Club mm. marks is another category. Administration is another category. And fitness and, and meet the criteria to obviously go to a certain level. So it's about right. four, four, four or five categories, categories you've got to meet to get us to a certain standard, mm. but then obviously get to, to another level. makes any sense. So if you get poor club marks, that's always not a bad thing. But if you've got uh, good assessment marks, that balance thing, balance yeah. thing but what you need is good assessments and good club marks. Mm. But you can't get everybody happy. I mean, ironically, right. if, you send, if you send somebody off and they feel once a bit harsh, you're going to get a poor club mark. So mm. sometimes you've got to try and manage certain things or try and do things that they want to, to see and maybe to what to hear. So you've got to conduct yourself, you know, prior, you know, pre-match with the secretaries yeah. and things like that. So sometimes it goes in face value and they think, oh, I don't like him, regardless mm. how, how you referee as such, do you know what I mean? But generally it mm. evens itself out in all fairness, do you know what I mean? So, yeah, there's, there's, there is a criteria to get a certain, and, and fitness is the main thing as well, because if you're not yeah. fit enough, you don't pass the fitness test, you don't go up to the next level. Yeah. So there's a lot of criteria. And that, same as administration, you've obviously got to do your paperwork correctly and things like yeah. that. And sometimes, you know, I'm not the brightest tool out there, do you know what I mean? Even, even when I do dish cards out, things like that, it's still, you've still got to meet that criteria. Yeah, we're not on about Jack Dixon yet. We're not on about him yet. <laughs> All right. <laughs> good old Jack. Yeah, good coming. No doubt we're going to come to that. No yeah, your mate no, Jack. Mentioned it. Your mate Jack. No, I, I, just still on that point, like just from us, from a lowly fan point of view, like, so what do you do? What do you tend to do? Is it like you're going before the game, you'll say to the players and the, the coaches, look, this is what I expect. Please, you know, this is how I'm going to ref the game. Or is that how it, it generally works? It used to be long, uh, many, many years ago. Used mm. to go into the teams and say, "This is what I expect," etc., etc. But now it's come to the more the professional side of it. You don't interact with the teams no more. Mm. So generally, you get to the ground about an hour, obviously like a, a, an instrument game. You get there about an hour and a half for the game. Yeah, uh, meet your assistants. Sometimes uh, you, you travel together or you meet them there. And sometimes with assistants you've never, never met before. Mm. So you try and get like a, a remote, remote, whatever the words I'm looking for, to see who, who's a seniority out the two, how they conduct themselves and things like that. So you try and get a little yeah. bit of banter going, get a bit of teamwork going in mm. the space of an hour and a half. So, yeah, we get an hour and a half, uh, get, grab a cup of tea. Then obviously we get in the change room. We've obviously like get a, a warm up gear on and we get, we get a knock at the door about 45 minutes before the game. Yeah. Second, and they hand in the team sheets. Then I discuss little one or two bits and bobs with them, that, yeah. which I uh, hope, which I hope they kind of relay to the teams what I expect from them in a certain certain manner, but not mm. generally not too much because obviously if you do too much, it bites you, bites you in the bum sometimes yeah. when after the game. Well, you mentioned this, you mentioned that, but you never done it. So, and obviously they say five minutes, seven minutes to to three. If it's a, an afternoon game, do the buzzer. We go out as a team, three of us. Obviously, initial handshakes, split mm. check nets, come back. And then the whistle goes at three o'clock and such. And then it all happens. It all happens, yeah. 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 <laughs> right, then. Well, I've got a few questions for you. Um, go, go ahead, young man. Yeah, I've got... Um, now, I'll put it out on the Facebook and all that, and the Twitter and the forums and all that about the questions. Now, as usual, the Facebook, no bloody... They all like, like it, but they know put a bloody question in. But um, I've had a lot of feedback this morning. 
And a few of them are about a certain player, but let's let's go to principal one to begin with, right? So um, this is uh, Andy. Did Andy ask? I think Andy asked this one. Was it? What's your thoughts in terms of player behaviour compared to say ten years ago, like across the age groups? It's kind of a, a loaded question. That I think they're already. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very good question. I mean, how how players developed over the years? You're trying to get AF and like the 80s to 90s, whatever. To be fair, I think the game's become more professional, especially with clubs like Hastings, with the academy and things like that, how they conduct themselves. And in the local parks as well. Generally, I mean, there's always sometimes a bit of hassle or whatever, but I think most of the time with the respect side of it, it's pretty good. It's getting better. And it's still still a little bit of room for improvement. But over the years, I think football has progressed, especially around this, this local area, do you know what I mean? As, as I said, with the academy, how they yeah. kind of duck themselves. It's very, yeah, now, to be fair, Hastings as itself, change the question slightly, they've changed big time, do you know what I mean? And I, I do the pre-season friendlies and help out with a couple of games here or whatever, and then they've mm. done. And, I, and to be fair, they've always like uh, been kind to me, do you know mm. what I mean? And they've been very professional, do you know what I mean? Especially Aggie, do you know what I mean? He expects a lot from his players, do you know what I mean? And you can't get everybody happy because some decisions I make maybe differ, differ from what they they expect. You know what I mean? But yeah. they had the scream. They, um, don't get it wrong. They had the screams and they had their shouts. Football's all about that. You mm. know what I mean? As long as it doesn't carry on after the game, there ain't a major problem. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah. I, don't know. I hope that answers your question in some sense. Well, yeah. It, it, to be fair, the person asking it probably wouldn't think thought you were going to say the behaviour is worse. But um, I, mm. I, you know, I don't think so. I think locally, I think it's it's a lot better than it has been. I think. it's... Yeah. So, I mean, to be fair, I mean, ironically, I could do 10 games and one of those games, I thought myself, what am I doing this for? Does that mm-hmm. make sense? But yeah, 10 years ago, it had been like probably about four, if not five games, you know, with the abuse, the swearing, you know what I mean? How the players cut themselves, even the managers, the secretaries. It's got a lot better, a lot better, which is good. Which yeah, is yeah good. of course it is, yeah. Well, that's obviously you're doing your job right. Hopefully. Well, getting, well yeah, that's, that's, that's another thing as well. But to be fair, we're... we're us referees are human as well. And to be frank, yeah, we do make mistakes. With some eyesight problems, but we won't go there. We, and it's all about opinions at the time. And sometimes, you know I mean, with the experience I've got, or I'm gaining, shall I say, do you know what I mean? It's about blagging it sometimes. Don't show weakness, do you know what I mean? And I think I think there was one game I'd done for Hastings recently. I should have gave it, actually, I think it was a youth game. And I did make a mistake. And it was like, uh, I should have gave an advantage for Hastings of, they were clean, clean, not so much clean through, but obviously a great opportunity chance to go through. Yeah. And I banged the whistle. And in hindsight, I should have held the whistle a little bit longer to see how the progress, the progress of the game was going. Yeah. But Ronica hold my hands up and I apologised. And they respected that. Now, obviously, a lot of referees don't kind of acknowledge that they've made a mistake yeah. if it was a mistake. And that's when you start getting a bit of abuse. Mm. So I think sometimes you can hold your hands up. A bit of honesty goes a long way. Oh, of course and it I- does. And I think I've gained that with experience, do you know what I mean? Because it's a lonely world out there, us referees, to be quite honest, when you've got like 22 players and your coaches and everything else. It's a lonely, lonely place. So you've got to be, sometimes you've got to blag it a little bit and be yeah. straight-faced, just get on with it. Yeah. All right. Very nice. Very good answer there. Right, let's go. No, we'll leave the Jack Dixon one for later. You would have... <laughs> Well, saying that, actually, I got a response because I, um, I did say that you were on with Barry, yeah? Uh, yeah. And obviously, uh, Barry's not turned up. Barry the Bottler was scheduled to appear. Barry was a fellow ref, but Barry bottled it. And then I got, a, I'll give you one answer I got, which was, yeah, it's, it's better that you're doing it because 
you would have asked him a question and he would have had to ask his assistant for the answer so they would agree. So, you know, now I'm, you know. I think Barry, I think Barry bottled it a little bit. Barry the bottler. Barry the bottler. That's it. But yeah, he liked that. He won't like it. Well, we'll have to have him on when we're doing a round table um, or something. No, exactly. Like yeah, talking about a game after. But, um, right. Okay, here's one. What makes you hate Jack Dixon so much? Funny as you're going to say that, I've got something for you. Let me stop. Oh, right. Exclusive, exclusive. Go on. Are you ready? At this point, Matt produces a yellow with Jack Dixon's name on it. Yeah. Can you read that? <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jack will like that. <laughs> No, to be fair, to be fair, yes. uh, me and Jack Dixon, I mean, I mean, a lot of players, I mean, Jack, oh, to be quite honest, great player, mm. passionate player, good yeah. skipper. Mm. Uh, it's not so much I dislike him, I, to, be, to be quite honest, I see Jack a fair bit, do you know what I mean? He's all, all right, Matt, all right, Jack, and yeah. we get on quite well, North End. So without our running, oh, so, don't burst the bubble, Matt. <laughs> no, without our running. To be quite honest, it may come across that, yeah, Matt, uh, the referee, is card happy, always cards Jack, but on the flip side, Jack's a very, very difficult player to manage because obviously his passion. Yeah. He, he obviously, on this, I mean, Jack will probably agree with me, do you know what I mean? And I don't get it all, always get it right. The same again, mm. I've got to blag it. But certain times, when certain tackles goes in or infringements or things like that, mm. you could see, not, I wouldn't say Jack's a raging ball, but you could see the passion. Yeah. Passion he wants to win, the desire. And I don't blame you for that, but obviously from the referee's side to a player's side, there's got to be a divide. Mm. And I've got to make sure to try and manage him, in, or not so much manage him, but obviously if I don't manage him, other players will start doing it as well. And especially Jack being a skipper, sometimes it's very easy to, to caution a skipper. Then you'll get more respect from the players and a sense, well, that referee's not taking any, any yeah. so-called shit or whatever kind of super language. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I must have carded Jack, what? five and ten times in my yeah. refereeing career over that time and, and maybe I might have got a couple a couple might have been harsh do you know what I mean but yeah. uh, generally no Jack's a they're, good lad they're and the ones, I, they're the, ones the fans remember Matt yeah, they, I don't they remember would. the other eight yeah I mean, yeah, I mean I think it was a recent one I think Jack took one from the team I think he tripped a player was going through he just took his legs away yeah. from the eye you know what I mean and I think he may have been at the game that game oh, uh, yeah I was yeah, yeah. and I think I, and to be quite honest do you know what I mean yeah, my card I carded him, and made no doubt that some of the sports, oh, he's card happy. But if you can see where I'm coming from, it's a yeah. cautionable offence. Do you know what yeah. I mean? You know. But no, he's, he's he is a great lad and a good player and a good ambassador for Hastings. In all fairness, mm. do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, passion. Yeah, no, absolutely right. Oh, I got a me- message from old John Gale, Windy John, for people that know him. He's got a mate who uh, who was a ref who sent yeah. off four players in one game. Okay, okay. yeah, apparently. Um, how many have you sent off? What's your record for one game? Oh, oh, very good question. I've had a few. Um, I think I've technically you can't go down to under seven players, so mm. that's never ha- that's never happened to me. I think I've probably had definitely two red cards and a misconduct from the management. So probably two, two. But in my in my progression when I was going through the ranks. I think I was a bit card happy. I think I've probably had about eleven, if not twelve, yellow cards in one game, and that's talking about you ten taking years. any. You weren't taking any abuse there, then, were you? That that was about ten years ago, but you know, generally you would not see that nowadays. Mm. But some, I mean, obviously, ironically, I could probably turn around and say maybe I was a bit harsh with nine of those. Does that mm. make sense nowadays? Yeah. You know what I mean, I think if a referee's experience, 
look quite well in the air, talk to players, things like that, you generally find that the card ratio goes down. Mm. I mean, let's face it, if two, if two lads, players are scrapping or something like that, you've got nowhere to go, it's two red cards. Mm. But if a tackle goes in, it's borderline, sometimes you're better off calling a player in and say, look, mm. that's your last one, and cut the air kind of thing. So everybody can see around the ground, look, that's his last chance. Yeah, that's, good, yeah. that's good refereeing. Rather than rather bringing a card out straight away, because if you bring the, first, the card out in the first minute, you've got to maintain that throughout the game. Yeah. And that's difficult, very difficult. I mean, obviously, don't get it wrong, if there's a punch-up or uh, a flying kick to the head or something like yeah. that, it's a red card. Everybody can see it. But tackles, generally, you know, if two players get up and get on with it, you know yourself, it ain't, it's not it's not the yellow card, generally, you yeah. know. So it's the same with red card. It's a good, good motto for a red card is if a tackle goes in, and you're not too sure. I mean, I'm bringing the phrase in now, like orange. That means like could be yellow, could be red. Now, generally, if if a tackle goes in and that player gets up and nothing said, you know it's a yellow card. Does that make sense? Or reckless. But generally, if it's a mass confrontation and it kicks off big time, that's telling you that's a red card. Yeah. But, you know, does that make sense? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, so, yeah way so, to sell it down. Oh, very difficult. And, and sometimes us referees, you've got to see it at one speed we haven't got charts we haven't got the VAR we have the thought process you've got to really concentrate and it's all about angles all about mm. angles sometimes mm. and if you don't see it correctly you're guessing so sometimes you've got to go with players players response okay. and that's happened, that's happened to me a few times and generally 90% I'll probably get it right okay unless right. it's video evidence yeah well, <laughs> talking, of, the question. talking of video evidence talking of video evidence you mentioned VAR Obviously, a lot of people up in the air about it and how it's being interpreted. What's your opinions on it? I, it's very difficult. Well, no, it's an easy question. The experience the referees have got at that have got at that level. Mm. Why do they need VAR? Now, actually, getting ear pieces, ear, ear, little talks down the ear saying mm. this, this, that. They're getting so much help. They really, I think, it's ruined the game slightly. Mm. I mean, football over line. Absolutely agree. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But. Just taking some of the referee decisions away from the referee. Do you know what I mean? I think it's spoiling it a little bit. I mean, even with the offsides now, do you know what I mean? I see a couple this morning, you know, a goal's gone in and the flag's gone up. In the old days, why do you need that for? To get yeah. that flag. I think what they're trying to do is trying to minimise the amount of referees and assistants' mistakes. That's what mm. they're doing. They're trying to get them out of jail. Yeah. And I think sometimes, you know, it's, I mean, I've Mike Dean and things like that. You know, don't get me wrong, good referee, but obviously the one with the elbow, the West Ham player, it was, do you know what I mean? Mm. For, it seems a red card, all, if for my instance, it's a red card all day, all day long. But these, these pundits can see it 15 times. Yeah. It's not- well, Matt, Matt, that's the question that Mr. Heritage asked me to ask you. <laughs> he says, I want to know what your feelings are on Mike Dean. So... Yeah. I think I think it's really I think it's a good referee. Mm. Same again, he's human, makes mistakes. It's no it's no different from that centre forward missing from six yards. Open goal. Nothing's ever said. Yeah. But obviously, you know, if a referee gets a throwing wrong or corner wrong, bloody hell referee. It's yeah. nothing major. But generally if they get the major decisions correct, nine times out of ten they do. Mm. But I yeah. think they VAR it's not really helping them. It's sink just sinking them, do you know what I mean? It gets them out of jail loads of times, mm. do you know what I mean? Especially the offside, do you know what I mean? If, a finger offside Jesus Christ that's t- wow. they've got to make they've got to make it more the torso has got to be in front of the other torso or something like that not not a finger or a hand or, or a toe so I think it's ruined the game a little bit in hindsight well that and the handball to me like, you know the handball rule now you know where 
people yeah i mean that's that must be well i'd say at your level uh matt what how do you work that out like because you you haven't got the the the, the, obviously the video replays and it's no no i think the same again you've got you've got blatantly 100 percent be sure be certain Mm. to give that make a decision you're better off rather than guessing do you know what I mean? Mm. And yeah, sometimes, yeah, old man's that I do guess and get it right. Do you know what I mean? Or mm. players response and things like that. But the handball is very, very difficult. Difficult in, in sense. Was it deliberate? Was it accidental? Was the ball too close? Was it, it's very good to make that mindset, mindset straight, uh, straight away to give the decision. Yeah. Is it, is, though, is it, yeah. Matt, is it, could now it doesn't matter if it's intentional or not, though? Or is that, no, just, exactly. Uh, exactly. That's all changed now. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it? well, and it's, I, I don't, well, good luck to you, mate, with that. <laughs> And I think I look at it is the hand in the natural position. Yeah, yeah. I think you're like that. Yeah. Sort of, your hand shouldn't be there. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's down by your side. Do you know what I mean? As far as I'm concerned, we just get on with it as such. Do you know what I mean? You're better yeah. off not doing nothing rather than like making something up. Mm. So, yeah, generally it's got to be blatant, blatantly obvious to everybody. And I think yeah. you can send it better. Yeah, absolutely. Well, good, good stuff. Right. Uh, right. Favourite ground that you've raffed at? It's got the Amex. Yeah, yeah. Talk, was, talk about it then. Come on. Well, I, had, I did the um, highlight of my career off here. So I've done the Sussex Senior Cup final, which I think was probably five years ago now, and that's between Brighton and Crawley. Yeah. And, and uh, it was, yeah, highlight of my career. And I have to be quite honest, that's important, but it's definitely the best pitch I've run on, shall I say, John? Mm. And it was a, a good day. And they looked after us, stopped me hospitality. Quite a, quite a big crowd, do you know what I mean? And um, yeah, it was. Amex, Amex for me yeah. is the one. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, and worst, worst ground you've been to? Oh, Ramsgate. Yeah. Ramsgate. Oh, <laughs> oh. On, a, on a cold winter's day up there, the wind. Oh, the, yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah, I've been there a few times and it's a bit of a distance from here. The, you know, mm. Obviously, like the, the restroom, oh, you know, the toilet and things like that. No heating, hospitality. Yeah, I'd say definitely. There's been a few, been a few, but Ramsgate for me, not a nice place to go. No. Not a nice place to go at all. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> they won't like that if I hear that. But nice people there, don't get me wrong. But, oh, uh, you're backtracking now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's not his, yeah. an honest opinion. No, there we go. Memorable moments on the pitch. Is there any kind of moments you, you've, you've let something go and it's led to a such a play where you thought, no, actually, I'm going to let that play on and it's developed and you've, and a great, a great goal's coming from it. Any sort of moments like that? Yeah, some playing the advantage kind of role. Yeah, very, mm. I, I, it's so not with. Yeah, uh, I can't particularly think uh, a place or a match, but obviously the feeling that you've made a great decision. Mm. I thought, no, actually, it was Mar- Margate. Yeah, thinking about it, Margate many years ago, I think it was a, a tackle that went on in the halfway line, and it was mm. it was a yellow card. And I'll come back to that in a minute. And obviously, I played advantage. Like, advantage, the arms go out. And the ball went right to the right winger. He dashed down. Ball went in. Header, top corner. Yeah. And I think it was absolutely brilliant. But I had to go back and caution the player for the offence he'd done prior to that. So, yeah, mm. when, when, it, when you kind of like... A lot of referees nowadays would just blow up for a free kick and a caution. Mm. So I took a chance there. So, yeah, especially if he'd been on a caution already. Yeah, you think off actually he's got to go why wait another minute or two minutes because he could well put another tackle in so yeah. Patrick speaking do you know what I mean you do or you don't 
but that yeah. paid off for me. Do you know what I mean? But lucky enough, I think that lad wasn't on a on a course. And so sometimes you've got to you've got to be quick quick minded, thinking mm. number seven, number seven, put the tackle in. Has he been cautioned? And you can't go for your notepad or notebook to have a look. So sometimes it's all about memory, thinking actually that's his second offence. He's got to go. Mm. And to play advantage on something like that, mm. ironically, don't do it. Yeah. Bring obviously like kill the game send him off, I think, you know, rather than going back to a yellow card. So it's, it's, it's all, all about thought process. But no, playing the advantage and, and where it kind of pays off, it's, really, it's a lovely feeling. Lovely Have you ever, I mean, because obviously for you refs, you've got a ton of stuff going on in your head. You, you're, yeah. getting, you're getting barracked by the crowd, which I, I presume you switch off. You can yeah. switch that yeah. off. So, like, have you, have you ever had a time where you're like, hang on, if I, if I book this bloke or not? You know, have you ever had that moment? I've I've had that a few years ago. Yeah. I think um, where was it? Herm Bay. Yeah. And I was being assessed by uh, I won't mention his name, and I made a major mistake. I cautioned. Yeah, I went to caution a player, and I thought to myself, I've already cautioned you. I looked at my notepad, and obviously my notebook was like home and away. Yeah. And I had, I had number eleven home, and he was number eleven away. Mm. And I looked at home, and I thought I've already cautioned him, so I done yeah. yellow and red. Yeah. And he said, oh, I haven't been cautioned yet. And I've been assessed. I'm thinking, have I made a mistake here? <laughs> so I went over to my linesman, that senior linesman, and yeah. uh, he told me, I said, Matt, I think you made a boo-boo here. Mm. So I re- retracted it straight away. Yeah. But obviously, but obviously I've got to, the assessment wasn't, wasn't too good. So yeah. I've made a major, major issue there. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, it does happen. It shouldn't happen. But lucky enough, I'll come out with the right decision at the end. Because That's I could have yeah. I could have sent him off and he, he's off. Couldn't come, he couldn't come back on. Simple as that. Mm. Or maybe they can. I ain't too sure. But uh, yeah, it does. It does. It has happened to me. Oh. Sorry but for bringing a, up that memory. No, Sorry. no, I'm just being honest. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's a bit, you've got, as you say, it's a lot to, to take on, especially if you've got yeah. a fiery game. You've got like, especially if you've got six or seven cautions already or two reds mm. and you've got a lot in your notepad. Mm. You've got to write it down right. And I've, 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 I've been out of a lot of referees that I've been an assistant to, they wrote, they wrote the wrong number down. Oh, bloody hell. You know what I mean? So I've got them out of jail. Yeah. I mean, it, happen, it happens. You know what I mean? Because, well, it's high pressure, isn't it? Yeah. We, so we do a full match record. You know what I mean? And, mm. and I, I, I write numbers down. And technically, you should take the name, the offence, blah, blah, mm. blah. I write numbers down. You know, my experience now, nine times, 99% I'll get it right. Don't, don't make a mistake because the experience I've got. And it all comes back to experience. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But then again, your senior assistant the dugout side, he does a full match record as well. Okay. So generally, they're, they're there to get out of jail. And I always said to them, if I've made a right monkey or something or whatever, mm. call me over and we can address it before it gets, yeah. gets any, any worse. So generally, it's all about team ethics. And my, my fire assistant, I always, I, I always get him to do a full match record in a different time zone as us. So if we're me and a senior assistant are writing things down, He's doing it by look after we've done it. So I've got a third assistant, technically, yeah. and get me out of jail as well. Yeah. Well, that's good. It all, comes out, it, all, it all comes down to experience, really, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But does that, that answer your question? Yeah, no, it did. Well, remember <laughs> that, or when you turn the yellow card round, it says Jack Dixon on it. So you, you're not going to get it wrong, are you? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ironic, ironically, with the local lads, do you know what I mean? You, 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 they you know, know them all, don't you? Yeah, you know them all. I mean, they think, well, you know, Matt, Matt's Matt, do you know what I mean? There's certain things yeah. they, they know they can get away with and certain things you don't, do you know what mm. I mean? So it's good to know the, know the players as well. And obviously, that's with experience as well. If you go through yeah. all, all these clubs, they they all know you. They all know mm. what you like or dislike. 
So mm. they try and they do try and a lot, lot of players true they do try and get like a mm. something out of you. Makes sense, mm. do you know what I mean? Yeah, clever. Well, uh, I've got a little uh, another contribution from from a certain uh, P PH. Uh, yeah, he, he's blaming your your wife for his receding hairline. Is uh... well, yes, he does go into my wife's, <laughs> wife's father's and Bexhill. Yeah, <laughs> but ironically, he's been closed for a few months now with the COVID. But no, no, he's still got plenty of air. Do <laughs> I mean? You, you sure he's not doing a, a Shane Warne? You know the old Shane Warne, Graham Gooch, the old fake little astroturf on the head. He could well be doing something. I mean, obviously, I'm losing mine on top of my head, do you know what I mean? But, yeah, for his wife, I wage, do you know what I mean? He's still got a full head of hair. Full head of hair. And what a lovely bloke, to be fair. Nice. He, and, yeah. I, I, you know, obviously, I, I want to, you know, he said, he goes that, he said you were East Sussex answer to Mike Dean. But, no, he says you're a good bloke. He says you're a yeah. good bloke. Uh, well, that's uh, but when, he, when, when he's on the sidelines, you're bloody awful, he says. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I expect that, do you know what I mean? I expect that. Yeah. Uh, what's for the what's the future hold? I remember a couple of years ago you talked about maybe packing it in. I mean, are you? Are yeah. You, are you still thinking that, that way, or have you still well, got the bug? I think I've well, I'm, once I've got like demoted from a level three, technically, obviously with the admin and club marks, uh, observers marks, I kind of lost a little bit of faith in it. I thought to myself, I've reached my pinnacle level. And to be quite honest, you know, I was level three, never maintained to be the best or whatever. I always thought I was an average level three. Yeah. And that was a good a good, good level to get to, especially like the ripe old age when I first started at Reference. I didn't start Reference when I was 36. Oh, okay. Ironically, I'm 54 now. Yeah. Um, but, Don't uh, look it, mate. Don't look it. It's that no, Ule, no. mate. Oil of Ule. I think it was all that abuse I got over the years from the supporters. <laughs> but no, I've... I've, I've Back down to the county league now, do you know what I mean? I still do have a bit of uh, Ishmael assistance running the line. And I've started to get that bit of buzz back again, do you know yeah. what I mean? You know, it was putting my tail between my legs, going to certain clubs that I used to referee, but now I'll go in there as an assistant. Mm. And, you know, a lot of referees would just go off at a certain level and obviously go assessing or gardening or whatever, do you know what I mean? I just yeah. sort of maintain to stay in it to keep myself fit. And, and do something in all fairness. But uh, mm. yeah, the buzz is there and I've had a good season this year. And mm. ironically, if the season was to carry on, I'd probably be offered a back, back to level three again. That's oh, okay. how I Yeah. I mean, it took me it took me two seasons really with the county league side because I had to change my style of refereeing. Because mm. every leg, every league you go up, you've got to tweak the way you referee. So mm. you can't referee the same as the county league side. Mm. No, ironically, in fact, like Aston's played... Um, we played New Haven, didn't they, recently in a friendly. Yeah. Mm. Two different teams, do you know what I mean? One's professional, one's, no disrespect to New Haven, do you know what I mean? But not as professional, do you know what I mean? Like Aces want to play football, New Haven a bit, you know. A bit rough and tumble. That's the word, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so obviously when it's rough and tumble, you generally find there's more yellow cards and red cards. Mm. And I think my first season back at level four, I think I had a lot of cards. and lost a lot of um, faith out of certain clubs, mm. thinking that, oh, the referee last week, didn't do that but why yeah. are you doing it this week so it's addressing the way you referee and I've mm. kind of like started to suss it now do you know what I mean it's, I had a lot of years out of current league mm. now going back when I obviously like uh, back with my third season doing it clubs are starting to realise actually yeah I can see how we why yeah, I've had to change my style a little bit mm. makes sense but it's difficult it's difficult to keep everybody happy yeah <laughs> I've heard it mate I've heard it 
I've heard you do like a, a, a deep, you know, I'm going to get stick now, but I've seen you do decent calls. And, yeah. then, and then it'll be, hey, it's him. He's fucking useless. <laughs> and I'm like, hang on, what, what do you mean? And, you know, because obviously the blinkers come down. Yeah, no, I try, try. I'll just be quiet. I think all the supporters, all the lovely lot they are. They, yeah. I mean, if you ever said to them, there's a whistle, go and do that game. They'd be like, uh, uh, yeah. uh. Do you know what I mean? And, te- and technically, there's probably 400, if not 500 referees watching that game. They all think they can do it. But it's all about opinions. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And to be quite honest, sometimes they're probably right. Mm. Probably right. You know, but I've got to blag it sometimes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Smile in the face. Do you know what I mean? And that yeah. probably why. Do you know what I mean? When I'm smiling, oh, it's a, but I've watched a few games at Hastings, do you know what I mean? That's a supporter. And yeah, the supporters are very passionate, passionate, mm. do you know what I mean? Mm. And I see it from both sides, do you know what I mean? I'm watching a referee that I know is in the middle yeah. and uh, the cut of times and stuff, oh, he's got away with that. It's going to be a stick from the crowd. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I see why, I can see why referees do get a bit of abuse because obviously mm. if you're not refereeing correctly or miss something major, everybody's going to get a bit uptight about it. So, yeah. yeah, generally, do you know what I mean? And uh, sometimes that happens to me, just goes in one ear, comes out the other. you just got to yeah. just got to move on. Just got to move on. Yeah. We try shouting at you, Matt, and you just ignore us, mate. No, I, I, do you know what? I, I, I get, <laughs> it's the same again. It's experience. You just kind of goes yeah. in one ear, comes out the other. It doesn't, it doesn't phase me as such, do you know what I mean? You know, I try and do the best I can, let the game flow if I can. Yeah. But you, you, you're not going to keep everybody happy. Yeah. It's, it's difficult. you just got to let it go, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. All right, Matt. Well, listen, Matt, thanks for your time. No, uh, thank you. Absolute pleasure, mate. And, yeah. and you know, we'll have to get you on uh, when we're doing that. Well, hopefully, when we get some bloody football again, I'd love yeah. to get you on to get your opinion on a game or whatever. Uh, when, whenever you're free. I've enjoyed it. I hope, I hope I've come across quite um, well. I'm just going to edit it and it's going to be you, <laughs> you hate, you hate Jack Dixon, and that'll be it. That'll be it. Yeah, and, oh, they, they read it then. They look at sorry. it. Oh, I love Jack. No, 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 no. Uh, no, no, thanks. No. Pleasure, mate. Take care, yeah? And yeah, all the best. Thank yeah, you very much. Mate. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. It's that time again for Pat McCrossan's Song Pick of the Week.
And here's James McCrossan. Here he's appearing with the Fan Roundtable boys, Ryan, George, John, Andy, and Robbie. Hey, we got we got we got James here. Hey, oh, J- uh, James. Hang on, holiday. hang on. It's lockdown, mate. This NHS, I'll tell you, right? They claim <laughs> that they're on the front line, but really, they're fucking. You need to pay your internet. On holiday, oh, doing nothing. Did he not put fifty p in the meter did... again? Yeah, it's typical type Tory. He's properly gone. He's gone. Yeah, what an introduction for James there. Now the chat's improved. <laughs> well, we'll start that one again. Thank you very much for coming on, James. You're McCoskey, welcome. First team performance analyst. Please, could you explain that role? Yeah, of course I can. Well, hello. How, how is everyone? Can introduce everyone. Robbie, Andy, John, Rye, and me. I was going to say, a, very, uh, a lot of familiar faces there. So um, none of you really strangers. Um, so yeah, I'm the uh, first team performance analyst, um, the first team. Um, my role is really to to look at a lot. It, my role is a lot of stats-wise. So I look at a lot of the stats, both for our own team and also our position that we're going to play. So a lot of mine is done before match day, during the week, weeks leading up to games, during, you know, sort of for training, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of database and statistician work. So a lot of people might find that the, the boring side of it, but actually it's really quite good knowledge. I mean, it provides quite a lot of insights into the opposition that we're going to play each week to uh, sort of help Chris and Aggie. And, you know, they, they know we've been in the league long enough and they've been in the role long enough. They know most of the teams that we play and the way they play as well. But, you know, the work that I had, I'd like to think, help contribute to to what they know and, and how we're going to approach each game, depending on who your position is. Oh, all right. Well, when you say, like, you, what particular stats do you look at? I mean, what's the first one that you're, when you're analysing an opposition, what is it the first thing you look at from a numbers point of view? So, it varies, really. So, I think, because we know majority of the teams we play in the league and, they don't, not all of them change the approach or the formation that they play. So normally we would go out and if we could um, watch a game, if they've got like a midweek game, for example, a week before, a couple of weeks before we're due to play them, we may go and watch that game, you know, depending on who we're playing or if we can get any clips online, we'll watch any of their games, especially when we played like Ebsfleet in the FA Cup, where realistically we're not going to know much about them from playing them over the last three years. So, you know, we're relying on their pre-season friendlies. And again, because of the status that they were, especially before the FA Cup game this year, they had very limited games because we were their first sort of competitive game of the season because of the status that they're classed at. We had very limited to work on. So, you know, we we watched quite a lot of their pre-season games that they played. But sort of for the league teams, you know, a lot of them play the same style, same formations previous years. But, you know, if we can get out to watch them, we will do. But from a stats position and what I look at sort of during the week, we'll get up their results, see who they've played. You know, I can quite easily show you on the screen, actually. I've got something if I can share it. It's slowing everything down. Um, <laughs> so, so, for example, <laughs> I just pulled up Herne Bay, for example. So, hmm. one of the things I will look at is, sort of, you know, what, what sort of time they score goals, how many goals they score, how many goals they concede currently in the season or in all competitive games. Break it right down. To time-wise, so if you take Home Bay for example, up until we stopped, scored twelve goals. You'll see they scored majority of their goals sort of in the last fifteen minutes of the game. Whereas sort of during the middle of the park, they haven't scored many goals. And then when you look a bit further down about when they've conceded, 
you know, they could concede a lot of their goals early on, so in the first half. So again, would potentially mean that they sort of sit back, wait a little bit, and then sort of go towards the end. So we look at them sort of stats as well. What I'll also look at is I'll compile the fixtures that they've that they've played so far. So it's a little bit small on your screen, but you know, there's all their results so far and who's played. So again, that'll sort of give us an idea of what their rough starting lineup might be based on how many teams they've played. So for example, you know, where where Cooper's played every single game, more than likely he's going to be playing against us the following week. Likewise, who's been booked, so it might give you an idea of, you know, their temperament, and, you know, wherever they're quite easily booked. You know, again, something we might be able to get in the referee's ear and, and play to when um, we're up against them. But if they get easily booked or seem to be quite temperamental, might be able to play on that in terms of our favour. Sending Dicko. <laughs> and I'm sure if they do the same to us, it could be the same, yeah. So that's what I'll look at sort of on a team-by-team team basis in detail. And it's sort of the same with Ashford, really. So... Uh, again, Ashford, you can see that they score very early on, so could look at that and that they come out of the blocks very early. But again, don't score many goals sort of later on in the game. But by doing what does ours, what does ours look like? I'll show you in a sec. But by by doing that, so Ashford is quite a good example. So where they score early on, and it would appear that they come at you quite quickly and quite early on, and come at you rather than sit back, they can see very late on. So that could sort of suggest that do they tire early because they're coming at you quite quickly. Stop laughing, Chris. Um, Watch what you say because he records God, and then he'll okay. he'll play yeah, things out. If they, press, if they press quite intensely in the no, first no, sort of half of the game, it could indicate that they're potentially tired towards the end. Now they might not, but you know that that's quite clear stats there that they concede later on. And also that's interesting for us as well. You know, we're obviously a team that likes to pass quite a lot play that waiting game, look for opportunities to attack. And if we know that a team could potentially tire off towards the end, if it's nil-nil on 75 minutes on the clock, we're not worried in some respects because, you know, we know them opportunities will come and it's proven that they do. You know, so that's what we do for the opposition. In terms of our own, very similar, really. Exactly the same sort of stats, really. So again, I put them, you know, what goals we score and what minutes we score, sort of break it down into percentages. Chris, so he'll get this report weekly of ours when we score, when we concede. It's the goal again. So again, it's all that's just some data. You know, I'll put together who scored what goals, how we scored them. You know, I'll link it to a clip. So obviously we've got the fantastic Joseph Knight who does records all our games. So you know, we'll get a clip of the goals that we score. So again, we can go back, look at them, see how we've built up play, who's assisted. Again, the charts for that as well, in terms of how many we scored in open play, how many of them been set pieces, penalties, throw-ins, Molly Black, for example. Uh, again, positions on the pitch as to where we scored them goals. You know, so again, you can see a lot of our goals come from within the box, which is great in that because that supports the style of play that we have. Again, where our assists come from. So I'll plot that every single every week. That's uh, just the data chart. Again, for the goals we concede, I'll do exactly the same as well, and you'll see them charts as they go along about where we can see. Good. You know, luckily, the goal concedes chart is quite small because we we don't tend to concede many goals. And that's really, that, that's my role in a nutshell. You know, along with that, we'll obviously, you probably notice that the players wear GPS vests. You've probably seen them, you know, at the end of the game, if they've got the shirt off or whatever it might be in the photos from, from Joe that we have. Obviously, we're quite fortunate we've got GPS vests and that will track the, the distance that players run, you know, the distances they run, how fast they run, the intensity that they put into it, the distances they've sort of covered. So that also gives us very good insight into their work rate but also the players get to see it as well so they get to see where they are where they're at in, in, in comparison to their peers and it pushes them on even further and um, 
you know, that's the good thing about it is, you know, we're a hardworking team. So they all they all want to make sure they're at the top of that distance is. But also it tells you uh, with a heat map, you know, are they working right in the right areas? So it's not just about do they hit 14K in a game, 14 kilometres in a game. It's actually has that hard work and is the intensity of their sprints being in the right areas for the position that they are. Or, you know, you know, is our left back doing a majority of the work in their right wing, you know, for an you know, absolutely extreme example. So that's sort of my role, really. And I'll, I'll do that sort of analyst, you know, analyst work sort of every week into the opposition to our own performance and put a report together to send to, to, send to Aggie. Other bits that we'll do, you know, I count the passes. So again, you know, yeah, I know how many passes that we've made in each quarter of the game and total for the game. Obviously, we're a team that likes to pass, so our passing is obviously quite high. And again, that sort of gives us a bit of an indication about when you compare that to the goals that we've scored and when we've scored them, are they linked to the fact that we've made quite a lot of passes to build that play up? And likewise, again, with minutes as well, I track the amount of minutes that each player has played so that we that we can get an indication of, you know, if someone seems to be tiring, which we, we, don't, we didn't have that you know, luxury, but if we seem to think actually, was this person struggling? You know, is it because they've played too many minutes? So actually, do they need a rest, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. So we we plot the minutes as well and keep on top of that to ensure that the, you know players are still healthy and fit going into a game. So James, that helps. James, can I ask? Um, can I ask how common is this level of analysis? Would you say in our league? Because it just it just seems incredible. Yeah, and I think we're very fortunate. Obviously, we've got we've got a very good, very good management team uh, and coaching staff. We've probably got more staff than than any other team, probably at our level. And we're fortunate enough to do that because we all want the same thing. You know, we're one big family. We all want the same thing for the club, and that's to push us forward. You know, during the games, you know, myself and one other coach, normally Giuseppe or Ben, are sitting in the stands and and, and we've got a bird's eye view of the game. So we're not in the dugout from this season. You know, we're we're up in the stands having a, you know, having a look at sort of an aerial sort of point of view to give and then give feedback directly to the bench as to what we're seeing and whether it's sort of working with our with our plan or not, or if we need to tweak anything there and then. And to answer your question, I don't know. I, I I generally don't know the answer. I don't think so. I think we are well and above probably with the preparation that we do for games. You know, I think I'd be naive to say that no other team scouts because I think the majority of the team scout, especially from the top half of the table onwards, I think a lot of teams probably go and watch other games or review footage. Whether they go into the same amount of detail as what we do, I couldn't comment because I've never worked at another club. I doubt it. It's probably my honest answer. It's so satisfying just watching all the statistics. I mean, you might, you might not enjoy them much because you, you put them all together, but I could quite happily read for all of them for quite a long time because it looks so it's fascinating quite, it, to see. It, it, it is and that's why you know it's really quite good because I, you know myself and if we're sitting in the stands you know myself and you know definitely me I can't comment on the other coaches but I'm sure they'd agree is you know I, I, I watch games now with a completely different perspective you know I'm looking at certain things to ensure that we're doing the, you know, the players are doing the plan and there's nothing else that needs to you know we need to do or amends during the game and, it, and it's interesting to look at a game at a different perspective. And it's why I always find it really fascinating when I always make a point after the game to come and speak to, to a lot of you to see what you thought about the game and, and what's your thoughts, because it's really interesting to see it from a, a fan's point of view behind the game who are looking at it purely at what they're seeing in front of them to how I saw it and what, what my thoughts were looking at it in a, a slightly different way. So it's, it's always great feedback and, you know, your, your, your feedback we do take on board and we certainly do review it when we're looking back at it, all our games. But please remember that we're pissed and we know for harsh language. Oh, 
So that is important. <laughs> no comment. If Pat Ab is generally run up quite a lot when I come and grab a drink. So um, obviously <laughs> being quite fruitful with uh, uh, allowing other people to put a drink on it. Pat, Pat's very, Pat's a very generous man, and we will forever thank him for that. <laughs> so yeah, but we are we are pissed, and we do know nothing. So it's important. <laughs> I think it's it's important for fans to recognise that that actually we do have an opinion, and yeah, we've seen a lot of football, and we can comment on certain things, as in maybe players' attitude or things like that. But in terms of tactics, we don't really know. You do, you, you come and look at these these stats and these figures. We don't really know to a certain level how we would have set up a team. So no, no, but it is it is good. And I know prior to obviously all of this, you know, I know Aggie, and it, it, we still do come over as much as we can do. But we obviously have to be separate as much as we can, obviously because of COVID, and uh, there are a bit more restrictions in place. But you know, Aggie is always the first to come over and always ask you guys how what your thoughts were of the game and stuff. And it's because we we care. You know, we value mm. we value guys being there and, and supporting the team as much as you guys do and you know we value the feedback as well and we take it you know we take absolutely every bit of feedback on board and and bring it back to the drawing board when we're we're planning for future games training etc etc because ultimately we are one team you know and and you know we all want the same thing whether we're you know players management staff in the PA box you know stewards or, or fans you know you know we all want the same thing and all want the end goal so you know we're all in it together it's amazing James like you've got a job as well like a, another another job, so it's like it's amazing for you to put all that together. It's the amount of hours that people put in, and it's it's at this level, isn't it, where everyone you know people have got other jobs, and but still that work goes in. I think that shows perhaps why that we're performing so well, like we are, because that effort goes in. And I think we you know we recognise that you know the players put in the work they put in, and ultimately we know we we need to be and we should be at least a league or so higher than where we are now. You know, COVID hasn't helped. It's out of everyone's control. Hopefully, you know, the next week or so, we'll have some good news once, you know, the propositions and all that have been reviewed by the league and the FA, um, that we might have some sort of progress like we deserved and we have deserved over the last two and a half odd years, whatever it's been. You know, we've been consistently the highest performing in the league. And I think I think no team could sort of argue if they were really looking at it, that we don't deserve that promotion. And realistically, we should have had that last season. And I think that's credit to the players and, and to the staff. I think, you know, a lot of teams could have taken last season's knock as a, a serious knock and affected them. Well, actually, you know, we rose to that challenge. Every single one of the players, a credit to them during the lockdown, first lockdown, you know, a lot of teams would have just sat there and done nothing over that. You know, the players were self-motivated to, to work harder than ever to ensure that when they could step over that line again to to perform, that they put on a performance for you guys. Uh, and ultimately, it was like we never stepped away. And same with the staff as well. So I think, you know, we could we could have sat back and, and, and sort of aired on it a little bit and just thought, you know what, when we can restart, we'll restart. But, you know, ultimately, that's not what we are about. And, you know, we've shown consistently now for, uh, you know, two years or so that, that we should be at a higher level. So... That's why we put the effort in and, and the work that we do, because ultimately, you know, we've shown against teams like Weymouth and Ebbsfleet, we can play and compete at that level. And ultimately, that's where we should be. I think it's quite, we all, we all see when you've got a group of really good players, you think sometimes you could just send them out yourself and they'll, and they'll play, which is obviously, it makes it so clear that that's not the case. 
how how limited time do you get to get all those instructions and all that learning across to the players because they've got a given their part-time nature they've got a hell of a lot of information to take on and put into place on that tuesday or saturday it's how, how does that work? Do you work individually? Does Chris and Andrew and that work individually with them? And is it group sessions or do they split the defence and the attack, you know, that sort of thing? Yeah, we're quite fortunate. Like I said, the group of players we've got are already should be levels above from what we're at. So in terms of their intelligence and their knowledge of the game, it, it, it's already there. You know, we don't we can't coach that. They know our style of play. They know the formation. They know the way we play. Um, you know, it's just tweaking it for each opposition that we play and also then making the training sessions sort of appropriate to what we're doing. So if we know that a team is potentially slightly weaker in a certain area, we will plan our training sessions to sort of attack that in that respect and to, yeah, and and they're, they're good enough. And, you know, we're quite lucky and fortunate that the young lads that we've got and the full-timers we have. So we have a few players that, you know, a core of players who are full-time, you know, so they go to college and, and they will be at training two, three times a week, um, you know, and be and have that contact with the staff and the coaches. So that really helps. I think that's an absolute massive bonus that those that can be in full time get that contact from our staff. And you would just see from the, the growth and the development from the players that are in full time. It's just been exponential. You know, you, you look at the likes of Ollie Black, you look at the likes of Tom Chalmers that are, that are in full time. They've just growing and growing and growing constantly. And I think that's credit to... You know, Aggie, Giuseppe, Ben, Brownie, all of those that are, that are in there full time working with these group of players. And yeah, you know, we do we do do one on one work, especially during obviously this this pandemic. We've been very much limited in terms of doing big group sessions because we couldn't do that. So, you know, prior to this lockdown, you know, we were doing one to one sessions or having coaches, you know, doing one to one sessions in small groups, you know, following the guidelines and everything that we could do, we were doing. Um, if we couldn't do it, like now we're in this lockdown, it's very difficult. Players are players are going out for their runs and they are doing extra and above what I'm sure other players and other teams aren't doing in our league because a lot of the teams were written off this season and thinking, oh, we're not going to start till August, so what's the point? Whereas credit to our lot, you know, they're out there, you know, we're on Strava and, you know, you see the runs that they're doing and the fitness is still there because you never know when the league might restart. And, you know, if the league said in two weeks' time, they're not you know, highly unlikely, but let's say they did. You know, we want to make sure that the players are fit and ready so that it doesn't look like we've just had X amount of weeks off the off the pitch. So do you tailor their train their physical training based on some of your stats and based on the patterns of play that you want and the areas that they play in? Do they all have slightly different um, regimes depending on what they're up to? So, so generally, um, our, our sessions are split into the into sort of sections, and we will work on strengthening and conditioning. So, we'll have sections that work on them core areas, um, and ultimately, and also Giuseppe. You know, he he looks at he's one of the newer coaches that come on. He he's got a a spreadsheet himself with each player, and you know, his role is to pick a certain point of someone's game and ensure that they work with them on a one to one basis or in a small groups of people. Um, you know, Ben's doing a fantastic job with Louis. Um, you know, seeing him, you know, a good couple of times a week um, to do individual specific goalkeeping work. So, yeah, there is there is a lot of link over in between some of the stats. But ultimately, the stats are there to ensure that we are on the right track. And we very much are. Um, and, you know, the players know the plan. You know, the plan has been very, very much the same, but tweaking it each week to the opposition that we're playing. And, you know, the players, credit to them, like I say, go out and give 110 percent. 
every single week and, uh, and you can see that in our results and our performances. I think you used the word intelligence earlier. That's the one, that's the nice thing. There just is intelligence there. Mm. That, that's, that, On the big... fans. <laughs> I wouldn't go <laughs> that far. But, uh, yeah, no, yeah. That, it's just nice the way that you can just see the way they play. It's it's thoughtful, but it's, and it's yeah, they, 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 they know what they're doing. It's, there's, it's more to it than just, than just, um, the, the physical side of it. They're thinking about what they're doing. Yeah, no, I would agree. We, we're starting to do um, season stats from the fan team as well. Um, like how many, for instance, how many times um, has a goalkeeper been psychologically destroyed <laughs> by certain people? How many swear words Robbie Go. uses? Um, and things like and but there's difficult things like how do we keep uh, the strength in George's drumstick arm? <laughs> you know, they're, they're, girlfriend. These right. are the bill issues now. Yeah, that's true. He's got a girlfriend. Right. So should we crack on with um, George's uh, male fantasy Rodari? And um, obviously, everyone's everyone's male fantasy. Don't just drop me in that. George's male it. fantasy. No, I don't. I'm not thought about Rodari. He's too yeah, small, mate. He needs he, to give it, you know. A bit more to him, mate. Was right. anyone what was anyone watching the game, the cup game? Yes. Oh, oh the I was at one. work. I caught, I caught the highlights on. I, I didn't know it was on. I didn't. I didn't find out he was playing until George's message. So George's message after it finished. Very, I find it very exciting. It was like I don't know. know. You, you, you see players leave a club, and it's like oh, they're playing for someone else, and it's fine. But with David, he's been there for, for such a long time, and he's he's always been quite close to the fans it's like one of your own is playing league what well, league football but FA Cup football against the Premier League team it was it felt like quite, quite a big moment and he because um, we know he's gone for as well because we were there for his two injuries we, we were thought oh god is this his career over I remember thinking it's just his career over this first time I got the injury now looking at playing for a professional club I could not be happier for him and when I saw him win a foul on the halfway line I was like yes David go on David <laughs> <laughs> all around David all around Italian screen Italian scream <laughs> oh, bless him. Well, yeah, I mean, those two injuries, you'd think a lot of people, that'd be it done. But the the, the lad has just got such a, a work ethic, you know, and he's obviously... A oh, 100%. Player. I think if I, I can speak on behalf of the whole of the staff, that, that David is by far the most hardworking and determined player. And like you say, to have two injuries like that and, and to come back and... Um, and, and now signed for a pro club is just testament to his his hard work and his determination. And you know, it was a proud moment for all of us, I think, to to watch him be subbed on um, in that game against Bournemouth. Um, and you know, to to fit in so naturally, like he'd he'd been at that level for years. And um, yeah, I look forward to seeing how he certainly progresses in his career because I think yeah. he will go far. I'm looking forward uh, yeah. to every time on TV. It came from Hastings United, you know, because they're, they're all their little talking points, don't they? And that will be the only talking point they have. Adari, oh, came from Hastings United. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bit, bit. So we'll get a few mentions. <laughs> it looked like he was playing in the Hastings United kit as well, didn't it? The white kit with a yeah. little white, light blue trim. Yeah. 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 He, he had our top underneath that one. Yeah. yeah. Did, um, did, did, um, were his injury previous injuries discussed as part of the transfer negotiations? 
Do you know? If I'm honest, I wouldn't know the answer. I wouldn't know the answer, unfortunately. I'm sure he would have had to gone for a medical um, for that level. Um, So I'm sure they would have had to be disclosed, but I wouldn't know for 100% sure. But I think normal practice would be that at that level, he'd have to go through a medical and pass that before um, before they they paid any money and signed. So um, I'm sure he did. But again, I wasn't part of them discussions. So I wouldn't know when they touched certainty. I hope when they touched him during the medical, he screamed for a foul. That's, that's what I want from David. So just, just in case they hurt him too much. But, no, he's, it'd be... Again, I'll go back to very intelligent players with a bunch of players that we've got. Very intelligent. <laughs> yeah, you can tell. Yeah. So, do, I mean... He threw himself out of the medical room when the, when the doctor went near him, I can imagine. <laughs> But it was nice he got a um, two-and-a-half-year... I mean, you talk about his injuries and that. He got a two-and-a-half-year contract. I thought that was that was really good as well. It wasn't even a sort of suck-it-and-see type contract. He got a proper recording um, long-term contract. So that was really... I, I was quite pleased about that as well. Yeah. yeah. After career-ending... Potentially career-ending injuries. Mm. I mean, have, guys, have we got like a favourite moment? Well, David's favourite moment. Yeah, it's it's got to be East Grinstead. Um, the where he, where he scored eight goals has to be. Mm. Well, I mean, I will. Yeah, what a day's notice for that game. Started yeah. to go up in the soaking rain. We saw him smash eight. He missed a sitter for nine. Terrible player. Should have scored nine. Get rid of him. And <laughs> <Yeah>, we did. <laughs> for for me, for me, it's uh, it's VCD away. One two nil, and he come back after an injury, and he scored mm. really soon after coming on. And it was like one of those, mo- you, you get moments, I know we know the whole squad's together and we're all a family, but you get those moments that proves it. And it was one of those ones when it was such a difficult game, nil-nil for ages. We won 2 nil. David scored coming back from injury. And it just felt like everyone was, everyone was together and the celebrations were, I felt were massive after that game. That's that VCD away. Anyone else? I remember. I was reminded of it by the video. Actually, I I, I remembered the um, playoff, the Ashford playoff goal. That was just, um, I don't know, just, just. I mean, it was one of those moments where where everything just seemed that it was all going to be all going to be okay. Where he just turned and hit that, and it went mm-hmm. under the keeper, and and it, just one of those moments where you thought, well, it wasn't in the end, was it? But um, but you just get that feeling it's all going to be okay, and um, I remember that. We need that feeling right now. He said, watch that go on loop. It's like, it's all yeah. going to be okay. It's all yeah. going to be okay. John? I, I just uh, I just thought it was really touching his his comments about the Hastings fans. You know, he's, he's just got a huge career move and step up. You know, he's got loads on his mind. And yet he took some time to specifically say a few, you know, very... Um, Grateful words to the Hastings fans. I thought that was says a lot about him, really, mm. and about the club. You know how the club makes players feel, and you get that loyalty and devotion. And and you, Ryan? It's hard to pick just one, really. Um, I mean, I wasn't there for that fateful night we scored eight, sadly. But I think it's just that iconic picture of him standing in front of the Steve Smith stand, arms out in front of the fans after that goal upon his return. It's one of the most iconic photos in the recent history of the club because it was just saying, David is back. Yeah. 
Um, and Ryan's now the only person who's admitted to not being at the East Grinstead game, which is like <laughs> the at the Cavern Club. Everybody, everybody will say they were there. I, 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 had a I, was, there. I was there. I bunked out of work. Uh, but I yeah, remember, my, well, I remember spitting feathers because I wasn't when I saw all the th- all the goals going up. I thought, well, no. well, I, well, I was picking man of the match. George and I picking man of the match. Like, oh, I take this seriously. Probably statistic yeah. everything. What are you doing? Because bags eight goals. Yeah, we got we we got asked to because there was no sponsor because it was put on at the last minute, and we thought, <laughs> oh, I'll be really really chuffed to chat with my mate on about seventy minutes to think really hard and clear about who's going to be man of the match. That'd be great, Probably. and we might get to. And the, and the player will be really grateful because he might be surprised at our choice, and that that'll be good. And we were going to give it to Louis as a joke. Um, but then when he got that eighth, it was like, okay, we can't, we can't do that. You could have given it to the East Grinstead keeper. I mean, he must have been our be- one of our best. He was only players. fifteen, to be fair. He was only fifteen. Yeah, yeah he was. Yeah. Mm. Oh, no. I didn't stop you guys though giving him any sort of sticking on behind the goal, did he? If I remember. To be fair, no, he didn't. He didn't. And he, and we, we found out about at half time how old he was. Um, but he took it way better than some of the thirty-year-old keepers that have come down to Hastings and think they're all. They get all leery and a bit stroppy. He was he took it he took it well. He was good. Hope he's got a good future ahead of him. Yeah, James, your your own highlight from uh, David? Score, blimey! There's probably so many. Um, I just think um, every time he steps onto the pitch for me is a highlight because it just it shows the hard work that he puts in and the fact that he came back from two horrific injuries. I think you know whenever he's he's on the pitch. He's an absolute handful. So I don't think I could pick one. I think, you know, the eight goals are absolutely fantastic. You know, the goal that he scored against VCD when he came back from injury, again, uh, you know, a very good moment. It was just, it, you know, you can't really pick one, I don't think, because every time that he steps over the line and he comes on either starting or comes on as a sub, you know, he just makes an impact. So I can't really pick one. There's there's tons of highlights for him. But like one of the, I'll say a funny moment was uh, he was playing against Sean Ray. Uh, it was the Hollington friendly I mean, he scored an absolute worldie in that game. I don't know if you were there, James. Um, it was, I was actually about a season or season or two. George, you'd remember when it. Which when was the I, Hollington? I think it was a pre-season. You were banned, George, because yeah, I was banned. Yeah, that's true. We, we got two. Uh, how, can, how have we shoehorned that in, in this conversation? <laughs> right. Matter bands I've had zero. Yeah. Matter bands you've had. It's oh, a disgrace. It's a disgrace. Yeah. I'm behaved of football. You see, I'm respectful. Solidarity there. I, I know that. <laughs> well, you're your band as well, aren't you, George? Uh, John? Aggie's yeah. Good, anyway. Right? So, no, we don't care about you, John, right? But it was against Hollington. And I remember David's running at Sean Ray, right? And he's doing, the, you know, the little sort of hips. And he's thinking that Sean Ray's going to be... And Sean Ray's just stood there and he's just run straight into him. It was the funniest thing I ever saw. And like obviously Sean Ray's laughing, pick it and picked him up, and they're both laughing with each other and, and give each other a hug. But it was it was very funny. Yeah, I mean possibly that goal we scored against Hollington, it was it was ridiculously good. But it was the volley. Can remember anyone remember the volley? No, I was banned. <laughs> I think I was well, I was working weekends back then, I had a different job, so I couldn't go to that game if I remember correctly. Who did I go with then? I must have went on my own. Oh, okay. All right. Fair enough. Classic, Chris. Classic. Yeah. No one. No one. <laughs> Who did you upset that week? Come yeah, on now. Exactly. I always upset. Less me. people than me, apparently. So. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the band Dominoes here, isn't it? There's loads of people that band. Um, one time. One... Whoa, whoa! There don't lock me with you, lot. Come on now. I'm a good boy. 
Yeah. It's that, well, honestly, I don't, I don't mind, but it's the fact that you never got banned. That's what grates at me. So. <laughs> it's because it's because in one game they were handing out the bans. I was really unwell, so I just spent most of the game draped no, over fine. the concourse. It's all gone. It's, it's all, it's all, it's all over with now. But it was, it was yeah. like, it felt like you know. Yeah, you really let it go, Premier George. You know when Blackburn had won the Premier League, but Liverpool hadn't. It was a bit like that. I feel like, well, actually, probably. Under Kenny Dalglish as well. So. Yeah, under Kenny Dalglish. What, what was that? What was that match where Robbie? We scored a goal, and Robbie ran down from the stand, knocking over about twenty oh, little children, um, and, and there was almost a mass brawl there. I, I, yeah, it was a really late goal. We, we'd been like on on the cosh a bit, and we hit on the counter, got a late winner, and I just lost completely. And I thought Daryl was in front of me, so I went, "Yes, Daryl." It wasn't Daryl. Um. <laughs> Hey, yeah, hang on, hang on, hang on. It wasn't Daryl. It was an it old. Was, it was who? Who was it? I, I, to be to be fair, he knocked into it a someone who knocked into their elderly father, who then fell over. Yeah. But if you the best the best thing is best or worst, it depends how you feel about it. The the thing was when you watch the goal back, Joe Knight does slow motion replays, and you can <laughs> see it in slow motion. Robbie come down the steps and and knock. Unbelievable. Absolute scene. Yeah, cool. I think Passion. I've got that on video as well somewhere. Absolute scene. Right. Well, I think we all agree. We all love David. We all wish him the best. And there's nothing more to say, really. Yeah. Radari yeah. out. John. Jeez. He's obsessed. Relentless. He's obsessed. I'm just, I'm just stating the, the facts. So shall we move on to... Um, Ward? The other one? Ward. Yeah, he's got a big move. He deserves a bit of mention. I mean, he's one of those players. And when you start the season... We're like, oh, who's this playing? Oh, Ben Ward. Wonder what he's like. Obviously, but within a few games, we're like, did you go on team? Like, oh, Ben Ward's got to play. In the park sort of thing. He dominates the game for us. And I think you could tell straight away this season he was going to go big. And I'm not surprised he got the move. And I'm looking forward to seeing him in the Premier League because I reckon he's definitely got it in, in him to go a long way. What we've seen from him. Great. James, James, what can you tell us about Ben as a player and as a, as a young man? Again, like, you know, all the players and the young lads, so hard-working, dedicated, you know, such a lovely young man. And again, I feel he deserves it, you know. I think, if I remember rightly, and I can't remember what game it was, but it was early on in the season, I think Sammy got injured. Ben hadn't really had his chance. Ben didn't really get on. He, you know, he'd come on a couple of times and stuff. He was on the bench quite a bit. I think Sam got Sammy got injured quite early on in the game, and it was like, well, let's put Ben on. And Ben went on and, and, and <laughs> immediately... Just had an impact on the game, and everyone just thought, "Wow, you know, you know, we'd lost Adam Lovett from last year, and obviously a lot of that was going on. And it was who do we find as that sort of replacement that can sit in that role? And you know, alongside Ryan Worrell this year, because obviously we changed it slightly. Rather than having two, rather than having one there in that CDM sort of role, you know, we've we've gone to two number fours. Um, who can sit alongside Ryan Worrell and and, and be that rock? And you know, Sammy got injured. Unfortunately, he had to come off for the game and on comes Ben Ward and the rest was absolutely history. And again, such a hardworking, dedicated player. And you wouldn't think it from looking at it, how, how physical he can be. But, you know, he, he doesn't hold back or shy off to any sort of tackles, you know, even in training. Um, it's just so hardworking and absolute credit to him. And again, another lad that I think will go on, go on far. And I was gutted that his game was abandoned after sort of 20 minutes, his debut for the under, the under 18s, I think it was for Burnley. You know, because uh, I think he got on again a week, a few days later. He, he did. He got they, on they, 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 game, didn't he? They beat, Man, they beat Man United 4-1. 4-0 from that, yeah. 
So yeah, it was incredible. Again, another young lad that I think will will do really, really well, and we'll just go through through the football league. Uh, you know, he's already at Burnley. I think hopefully he stays there, and like you say, we see his see a debut for the first team, which I'm sure he will do in a few years' time. Hundred percent. So yeah. how I don't know how you could even answer this, but a club like a Burnley, again, not in close proximity either in the Premier League. What what leads them to come down to Hastings United and pick up a player? I think it's just the club. I think we've. I think as a club, we're we're starting to grow, uh, and, and sort of. I think bigger clubs are starting to see the work that you know, the likes of Aggie Brownie and the rest of the staff have with these young lads. You know, the the full time program with the college and the work that we put in um, is getting a name for itself. And I think, for, you know, for, you know, Premier League clubs and professional clubs that they know that the setup we've got here is 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 very good. And I think that, you know, you can only have to look at Adam Lovett, you know, uh, Jake Elliott's been off for lots of trials in the past. You know, you've had Adam Lovett that's gone to Sutton, you know, Ben Ward now has gone to Burnley and, and David that's gone to Crawley, you know, so they're, the clubs, you know, are looking at us now and are actively coming down and um, we get a lot of interest all the time, I believe, and lots of scouts coming from lots of clubs to, to look at the players. Yeah, I, I just, it's probably something that no one knows because, um, Chris, you're Chris Laverick. He's a modest type of guy, um, but he actually he comes from the QPR area, and he actually had trials uh, about twelve years ago up there. Who did? You did. You okay. no, you did. You um, had a but, blow to the head or something. But, but <laughs> I'm, four, I'm forty six, mate. I'm 46, I could get a trial so QPR that's, right that's, now. I think. Yeah, the charges didn't stick though. That it was for high oh. <laughs> oh yeah, hang on, hang on. Uh, I wonder where this is going. No, no disrespect, Chris. I wonder where he is going with this one. Yeah, no. So I've had. Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, we're talking about Ben Ward. Mm. Is it? Does anyone anyone more to chip in about him? I, 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 one thing I remember was um, the three because because of where we stand up the side there. I the three bridges game and they were. This year, they were absolute pain in the arse, that lot. It was like a school of porpoises throwing themselves around. And that was when Ollie Pope got sent off, I think, and Ben came over oh, yeah. and put that left-back slot. And I think that was when it just suddenly, he just, him already only having played about two or three games, they had to pull him over to that side. And he just looked, and and even though we were down to 10 men, and luckily they equalised equalised the sentence off later on, but... He settled into that left. He just looked so assured in that left back role, up and down that side, and and the tackling. Good point, actually. Put in a couple of good old tackles, and uh, and it was really interesting. That that was the moment for me. I, I thought this bloody hell, this kid is good because he just swapped over there and didn't eat, you know like water off a duck's back. It was um, just just impressive, very impressive. Ollie Pope's on his way to India, so I hope I hope he's taking some. Credit I was thinking for this. that, yeah. Cricket. I'll be taking some. I hope he's taking some credit for this uh, discovery of, of Ben Ward. So, yeah, yeah. Obviously, I interviewed Ben for this week's podcast, and uh, he's such a nice lad. Mm. Um, yeah, someone left so behind, so I haven't heard it yet. Oh yeah, don't worry about it. No, it's on. It's up now anyway. But that, he's such a nice lad, and and one of the fun things he said was. Um, like he's going to come down because we play good stuff. He, he wants to come back, you know, that he's still got a massive love for the place. You know, there's, there doesn't seem too much ego on him at all. Um, but oh, it, absolutely not. 
Absolutely not. He's the most humble, you know, one of the most humble players. He just so hardworking, so dedicated, and just it, like a sponge, just wants to soak in yeah. all the information and uh, and every bit of knowledge. And and it's what's got him to where he is. You know, like I said, it, the hard work and dedication from everybody is just yeah. second to none. And you know, um, he won't be the last. Uh, you know, with David as well, that will go on and uh, and, and and go up the leagues. You know, we've got young lads coming through the academy who again will be breaking into their first team, I'm sure, um, when we can restart, you know, and, and again, we'll have more scouts coming down and I'm sure we'll see more that go on and, and, and sign contracts at higher leagues and higher levels. Yeah, hopefully, and we can go up the leagues as well if this bloody COVID can um, do one. I think that's what we need, just get up that couple of divisions to um, match everyone's ambitions and, and then you've got the best of both worlds, haven't you? If at the moment I'd accept having football back because mm. I tell you what, the last few months I have missed it so much. I mean, seeing everybody, the whole pilot and everything, I've missed it so much, especially the last couple of months. We just need it back. Yeah, it'd be great if we get promoted and everything, but at the end of the day, I just want it back. I want the family back. I want to be back where I belong. It, it gives you hope. It gives you such a base your week around. It's, I miss it so much. That's true. Yeah, I totally agree. And it you, you, do, you. I think we've been spoiled so much with with this club. When you when you see other clubs, you know, and maybe their fan base and things like that, there's a there's a real thriving spirit in the club. And when COVID first started, you know, it was it was the one of the few things to look forward to, wasn't it? Just yeah. getting getting <laughs> together with everyone. And and now that rug's been whipped from under us, but you know, just it's it's going to start again, and it's going to be great, isn't it? It is. I totally agree. It's going to be that first game back where, let's face it, it's going to be a lot of hugging, a lot of jumping, a lot of beer. It's going to be good. I feel sorry for that first ref and keeper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Better <Better> wait. <laughs> got Rai here, and Rai's being very quiet today. Anything you want to say about Izzy, Rai? Obviously, everyone around the club's delighted for her to get the opportunity to study soccer in Arizona. You know, she's been one of the most consistent players for the team this season. You know, excuse me, um, absolutely brilliant free kick taker. So, because I'm not sure how many of you are aware, she had a trial for the scholarship at Dorking Wanderers a little while back. So that was obviously positive for her. She scored some goals there. She's been offered the scholarship now. So it will be a big loss for the team, definitely. But it's a great opportunity for her, which she completely deserves. Anyone else about Izzy? Because unfortunately, I've never caught a women's game and that's not intentional. So anyone? I mean, I was, I was, I've seen a, a couple. And she, right, Rise right. She's all, she's all very talented. Obviously, dead ball specialist. Really dangerous. And if she, if she brings that over to America, I hope. I don't obviously know how good their college level is, but I'm sure she'll be a big success. Anyone else? Well, college sport over there is that they that that that's their feeder system, isn't it? Whereas we have sort of junior under twenty three in lower leagues. Their their college system there, whether it's athletics, American football, or... yeah, it's like a college in the draft, isn't it? Something like weird like that. Yeah, the, the college scene is really big over there for sport. So it's definitely, I would say, it's a very, very good thing to do. To put it in perspective, some of their American football games at, at college, which is university level, attracts five figures of yes. crowds. It's yeah. huge, and it's and it, yeah, you it's can, massive. and it's and sometimes it, it's on 
like our version of Sky. It's like it's like having Cambridge versus Manchester University, like live on Sky Sports. It's a huge deal over there. Mm. Absolute huge deal. So to her to get that that sort of contract to go and study is um big opportunity. So yeah, best of luck. Best of luck. Did you know her at all, James? Unfortunately, a bit like you, Chris, I I very I can't get to and I haven't had a chance to get to any of the of the of the women's games family reasons. Um yeah, yeah. you know, if I'm out most a couple of times a week and and away for a Saturday with a young daughter and fiance, I've got to spend a bit of time with them during the week. So I think um, I'll probably end up being divorced before I got married if um, I was out every weekend uh, involved with football. Edit that out so she doesn't see it. Um, every football match. Don't worry, mate. We've all been divorced, haven't we? I'm not married yet. That's the thing. I'll be divorced before I'm even married. Oh, oh. When are you um, married then? No, I think... Are you going to say it on this podcast? There isn't a date yet. No, there, no. Which we're in the process of hopefully moving a house. So um, we're in the final stages of that and having our first home. So oh, once nice. we're in, then... Uh, we can um, maybe look at the dates for that, but uh, we'll see. But anyway, back to the women's. Um, I would like to go and watch a game. You know, I will once we can get back going. I will go and watch a few games because I think it's important they come and support us. You know, a lot of the women's players um, come in and see our games. So you know, and I know a lot of the other staff and players will, you know, will watch their games as well. And I think it's only right that we do um, support them as much as they support us. So you know, again, with no fault of my own, I just haven't managed to get to watch one yet, but. You know, any scholarship for any player uh, in America is, is only going to be a good thing. And mm. from what I've seen in terms of the highlight reels, and like I say, I echo what, what Robbie and Raya said in terms of, um, of her ability. And I hope she does really well and goes out there and, and makes a massive name for herself and, and smashes it. So I'm sure she will do. Yeah. George, anything? Well, that's it, really. It's just, yeah, what, from what I said, it's, it's a big deal, isn't it? Absolutely big deal. Um, and it's, again, it's, it's, not only it just shows that not only are we getting opportunities for our men to go and play at, at, at high levels of football, is that you know come through Hastings United into the female team, and then there's there's opportunities as well for you to progress whatever your age. So it's just all good for the club. Like it's it people need to understand that a club at our level for people to move on and do great things. It's only good news for the club. Oh, absolutely. All it all it 100%. says is if you're fourteen, fifteen, and you're having a bit of a talent of football and you need to find somewhere to, to play or trade or even younger, you go to Hastings because that's where the opportunities open up for you. Absolutely. James Paul went out to um, America, didn't he? Did he eventually go? I believe he did. I believe he did. I think it was, I think it was delayed. I think it was delayed was because down. of COVID, but I'm pretty sure he's out. The most nice about James Paul is, I think, George and I are like, oh, we've got his chant. We've got his chant down. Next game, we're bringing it out. And then, oh, James Paul, he's gone to America. I'm like, oh. Yeah. oh, goodbye, chant. <laughs> it's like Ben with two ends, isn't it? Yeah. And, oh, I mean, was it? It, it, this shit is chant ever written by anyone. Well, we, we, we created it drunkenly, remember, because we talked to Aggie, and he was like, oh, no, no, it's ben with two, it, had to say, it has to be Ben with two ends. He's very particular about that. Ben with two ends, you say? Yeah. <laughs> it's stuck. <laughs> It's good to see the club quoting some of our some of our chants, Rob. And uh, yeah, there's some copyright issues there. But apart from I, know, that, it's, I think yeah. one of them was definitely mine. And I, I might I might might just see you know it's just copyright. Get some get some of that movie there. I did ask him. I asked him why have you got two ends? And he, he said I don't know. It's just me, mum and dad. You better ask them. It's quite funny. But anyway, have someone jog jog the registrar. <laughs> oh no, what am I on about? I mean the. Do you have a registrar for birth? Yeah. I you do. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what it is. You're writing something. You get distracted, and you're like, oh, "Where was I?" N. Oh, 
bugger, two ends. It's fine. It's fine. When I first read it, it reminded me of an interview with a, with a Brighton player um, back back in the noughties, and it was um, it, it was called Marcos Painter. Best bench warm there was. Yeah, it should be it should be Marcus. And he and he was asked like, why are you called Marcos? He goes, I don't know. Family from Birmingham. It must be a typo. <laughs> that's that's all he says about his own name. He's like, well, maybe well, that's what it was. The U and the O are quite near each other, you know. So, but no, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> right, guys, let's move on to Project Non League. What big news? What is the latest, George, on that? Actually, before, well, to be fair, before I gonna, clarify what, all that is for me, because obviously I haven't seen a lot about it, because obviously I've been going so, social media quite a lot, so I don't actually know what fully it's about. Can someone explain I'll happen, I'll happily, I'll happily clarify it. I mean, James will probably come in, come in correctly because he knows close to the club, but it, it basically, so the season could end without any more games. I think everyone's kind of well aware of that. And Jack, oh, here oh, we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Thank you. Everyone, everyone. Here's the professional, really. the professional's here. <laughs> So, being back at work. I mean, for the for the benefit of the podcast and people just purely through audio, the idea is that you know the the, the season could finish with no one playing any other games. And um, but what a lot of people might not know is that the FA are due to restructure the non-league system, and they're looking to have the pyramid with a the conference, the old conference, national league, two divisions below that, four divisions below that, eight divisions, and then sixteen. So it feeds naturally in um, towards that National League. And what that requires is it requires quite a few teams to be promoted to make that system work. Um, and the, the, what is different from last year, where they were happy to scrap the league and have no null and void and no promotion, no relegation. The FA this time, what you need is the big wigs on your side. The FA needs promotion to happen to uh, to force this system through. Um so we, there is an opportunity potentially with the, through this project non league for clubs to apply for promotion based on the club's standing ability to perform at a higher level, points per game, performance over the last couple of seasons, and that's what project project non league is looking at. I don't know if you wanted to add anything to that, James. No, I think you've I think you hit the nail on the head. Really, I think you know from what I've seen, I think. Something needs to be done. I don't. Th- I think everybody can agree that uh, null and void a second year, another second season is just it shouldn't really be an option. And I think clubs that think it should be, I, I, I just beg it begs belief as to why. And I think project non league, I think, sort of helps everybody in some respects. It sort of covers as many areas of the game, and, and, and clubs are in different positions um, really well. And you know, you just got to look at the likes of Phoenix Sports. Who came out where Project Long League wouldn't benefit them anyway? Um, who have come out and openly supported it, and I think we saw that last year when there was the vote for null and void that a lot of teams were middle of the table voted to null and void the season. And you just think I, I struggle to understand why. I think there's got to be something mm. extra to it. I think points per game over two seasons is right. I think a lot of clubs that are saying you can't bring back expunged results and, you know, that season looks like it didn't happen. I think if we'd sat two years ago and said, by the way, you know, the league are going to cancel the whole season, you've played around 70% of your games, but suddenly it's it's like it's never going to exist. Everybody, regardless of where they were in the league, would have turned around and said, that's nonsense, you can't do that. You know, do you know what I mean? Um, so I think we're in a position in a global pandemic where I think anything can be on the table and I think that's what it should be. 
and I don't think it should just be one or two options. And I think Project Non-League covers all bases. And I think their proposal for me, and I think they're seeing more and more clubs, you only have to go on Twitter to look at the sort of the reams of support from teams. And again, more and more teams that are sort of sitting in the middle of the table who are who are for it, because again, can't see reason as to why. And even those at the lower end of the table where they could be relegated, Project Non-League again is avoiding relegation. So there's no impact on them teams, unless you want to apply and say, actually, we feel that we, we need to go down for, for whatever reason, because of finances or what that might be. So the Project Non-League caters for all. And I just cannot see a negative point to it. And, I just hope that when we get the results back and it was good to see such high percentages, I think 99.7% and 96% of votes and feedback came from clubs to, to the proposals and stuff. So, you know, I, I hope, I hope common sense and a bit more of a pragmatic approach to get some sort of resolution to this season is on the table. Well, there's lots of things, lots of things to say about that. And it, and it, and it's, there's a few things really is the fact that, if you vote for null and void, you stay in the same, and you're gonna, it's not going to affect you, you stay in the same division. But if points per game, whatever, happens, and you stay in the same division, what's the difference to you? And I'll tell you what the difference to you is this. There's positive differences. One, you get rid of teams that are way better than you and have way higher resources and are going to beat you every week and stop you getting promoted next season. They go out of your division. They're gone. Also, if you null and void again, how do you attract sponsors to your division and how do you attract players to your division and anyone who wants to get involved in step four of non-league, which is tough enough as it is, even though we know it's a great thing. We all know, but other people don't. Businesses don't really know how good it is. How do we attract them if we say two seasons in a row, none of the results mattered? Every time someone kicked a ball in that division, it didn't matter. You need to make sure that's valuable. And again, if teams did need to apply for a relegation, which is a mad thing for people who support football league clubs, but for a non-league, actually, it's beneficial for you to not be in, not be in a high division sometimes because of the standards that you need to have your ground at and the monetary well, side of it. Well, look at Shoreham. A few years ago, we played them. They were clearly, when we played them, they were not big enough for the league we were in and they no. got smashed that season. So they'd be the sort of team that go, yes, please, can I be relegated? Apart from the point they got against us. Yeah. <laughs> the point they got against who? Us. How <laughs> Well, but what a, what an away day that was! I, I, Crack I, an away day. Wish them all the best. What a well. great ground! What a great ground! But and but also with 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 this with this side of it, the FA side of it. The trouble is we're dealing in, we're dealing in politics, and politicians don't like to go back on what they've said. They need a way out of it. Well, the FA have a way out of this because they're not accepting points per game over two seasons. What they're doing is they're accepting applications for people to be promoted based on previous performance, which is something that has happened for however long the FA has existed it's happened so uh, mm. there is a way for them to not go back on their word which they hate doing they hate going back on precedent um, there is a way for them to do it uh, and to move move the league forward and to restructure it how it probably should be with a 1-2-4-8-16 structure in non-league There's, they can do it this season completely agree with that I, <clears throat> um, Robbie alluded to it earlier that one of the joys of non-league football is it, is it there's still the absolute joy of going to the game which is um not so prevalent maybe at premiership level these days uh, mm. but nevertheless nevertheless there's definitely a time now for a reckoning in the non-league because the pyramid is i mean i consider myself fairly bright and i just sometimes can't get my head round how the how the system works. It's absolutely ridiculous. The, 
the situation we found ourselves in a few couple, two or three years ago, where we could have won our playoffs and still not got promoted, for example, was was utterly ludicrous. And to go for the the one four eight sixteen whatever, as as George said, surely that's got to make sense. And it's, it's a really good example of where COVID, if anything, has given an opportunity to make something sustainable where it wasn't sustainable. And with the right kind and the publicity campaign at the moment around it, as long as it's positive enough, this has got some great opportunities. So it's really case of keeping that campaign for it positive, really, because it's got to be the right thing for everybody and get everybody at their right level. And yeah, this sort of um, situation where everyone's moaning about Hastings resources or whatever in our division. Yeah, right. Well, we'll get out of your division then. We'll get out of your division and go where we should be. And, um, you know, make the, make the pyramid understandable, make the pyramid sustainable. And um, I can't see any downsides. Now is, now is, there'll never be a better time. Never be a better time. Well, what, right. what is, go on, Rob, go on, Rob. I was say he's right there because I was, uh, he alluded to it. COVID has got advances, or wrong choice word, you know what I mean? And like you say, it's, it's, it's the chance because if anyone moans about it, you, you, they've always got the excuse of, well, it was the COVID seasons. What do you expect us to do, this sort of thing? You're right, this is an unprecedented time, in, and it always gives a little bit of good. And actually, as you say, restructure the league, mm. make it make sense because it's quite hard at the moment to go, oh, yeah, we're in step, whatever step we're in. And that's how far blah, 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 it's hard to explain. But once we reorganise it, you can go up to the, the average football league fan who just thinks non-league's not real football and doesn't quite understand yeah. it and explain it to them. What we need to do as well is that we need to actually respect the pyramid and the fact that it's not just some shit thing that part-timers do. Our pyramid in non-league is the best in the world by far. By far, you go to third divisions, most countries in the world, and there are there is no one there watching, no one there. We're in the eighth tier, and we were getting over a thousand people coming to watch our games. The fifth tier of English football, a few seasons back, had a playoff final that attracted over seventy five thousand people to go and watch. In the fifth tier of English football, our non league is absolutely incredible. So we need to protect it. It's not something that need, that can be just manoeuvred around and, and, and just be cast aside. It needs to be protected, but this is a way that it can be protected in the long run. Great words there. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's, well, <clears throat> dreadful cliche. It is a, it's a no-brainer. I think it really is the, yeah, it is just a, a one-off chance to make it right. So, James, I want to ask you something. Is what, in this time... I mean, we usually would be midway through a season. What What is the day-to-day activity of, of the club at, at this point? Oh, tough question. That is a, sorry, it's a really <laughs> open-ended question. But like, what, what, Very what, open-ended. What, and a bit of a turn what, as I mean, well. Because, <laughs> okay, so, sorry, cause I'm just, what, what's, cause usually, okay, we'd have a game in two days' time and there'd be preparations going on for that. But we can't meet up, we can't do anything. What, how, how, how does even the club, because the club clearly is ticking over because we were, we were very prepared for the start of this season by, the, by the how we've played. So mm. what, what's the club doing at this, at this point with the players and the, the coaches? And so the from, a, from a player's point of view, you know, uh, you know I, can, I can say from our perspective, from my perspective, it, it, it's harder. It's been harder this time around. 
in my opinion. I think, you know, we've we've continued to keep in contact. You know, obviously we're in WhatsApp groups and, you know, that the banter is still flowing. And, you know, yes, we can't meet up and, uh, and do training like we would like to do. But like I said earlier, players are taking it above themselves. And that's what I'm saying. You know, we've got that group of a group of players and staff that, that are winners and and ultimately winners do more and and as the hashtag goes and they're out and they're doing things off their own back you know and and we're seeing it so it, it's hard um I'm not gonna get me wrong because I like I love you know going down meeting everybody and seeing it and that that band that we get on a, on a Tuesday Wednesday during training um you know Saturday for a game you know, that's something that I think we're all missing, you know, not just used fans, but us as sort of players, managers and staff, we're all missing that. And I think, you know, all we can do is is keep sort of conversations like this are absolutely fantastic. You know, it just keeps that communication going and that, you know, stops stops everyone um, going absolutely crazy. You know, and we're doing similar stuff as well as, as amongst the team. You know, even I joined into a uh, fitness a Zoom fitness <laughs> um, session a, few, a couple of weeks ago. Well, a couple of weeks ago, it must be a couple of months ago now, just before Christmas. And yeah, probably so, feels yeah, like pretty recent now. still, doesn't it, James? <laughs> it feels very recent. It still yeah. feels very recent. But you know, there's all stuff like that that we're doing. You know, uh, just to keep you know morale high and um, and like I say, that's as much as we can do at the moment until we get the green light to be able to, to get back to face to face training whether that's in smaller groups or whether it's back in a, a more larger session, setting. Um, and, you know, I have no doubts whatsoever um, with the professionalism of both staff and players that when we get that green light, whenever that will be to, to hit the ground running again, that it will be as if we haven't haven't even stepped to, off the pitch and had a break, like, it, like I felt it was last time around. It was. And, and based off that, can I give you another question? Um, so... <laughs> What was what is your your message to Hastings United fans? You must be sat at home thinking, Hastings United was my my thing to do on a Saturday. Is the only thing I had, and it, it's everyone's telling me that non league's in absolute turmoil. What's your message to Hastings United fans? Thinking is that what's going to happen when I come back? Is there no? What's your message to them? Are they going to have their Saturday back when we come back? Yeah, I think. It's hard. Everyone's feeling it at the moment. I think this second lockdown has probably been harder. I've certainly found it harder. I said it earlier. I think, you know, it's colder, it's wetter. You know, we've got these restrictions in place and, and it is much more difficult. And, you know, I was a fan. You know, I, I loved going to Hastings when I was younger. Um, so I can only imagine what it's like. We're feeling it as well as players and staff. We miss it just as much. All I can say is, you know, we will be back. And when we are back, it will be like we've never been away. You know, seeing there with six of you with no tops on behind the goals in freezing cold weather is uh, is is, is always like it's always a sight to see. You know, and sat in the Terrific. sat in the stands at Avely, sat in the stands at Avely, um, watching the game as I do, and some fans next to me going, "They're absolutely mad!" At the end, you know, it's, <laughs> it's uh, you know it's fantastic to hear and see, and ultimately. Just for, you know, just just foresee what that's going to be like, and you know, you guys know what it's like on a Saturday when we're when we're in full swing, and you know, we will get back to that, so we will get there eventually. But just uh, uh, hang on. The in thing there. is, the thing is, Quebec Road. Everyone dresses like that. I'm proud. <laughs> Born and raised Quebec Road. Well, I, I, hope, I hope I hope our little um, trip into the main stand at Avely was well received amongst the corn uh, <laughs> sandwich crew. So. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. My only question um, to you fans I, would be: obviously, we've I got ask... our own. 
I was just going to say, we've got our own training regime. Do you, do, yeah. you, do you as fans have training regimes? You know, you've been, have you been out in the winter with your tops off and making sure that you're and drinking drink. <laughs> and stuff yeah, to make yeah. sure that you can return to it okay? We well, are, we're basically, right we're, basically, what we're doing is um, we are building up our, our alcohol tolerance. Um, <laughs> tolerance is a key word in this, this day and age. Um, we, we're building up, building up our alcohol tolerance. So we're, we're ready when we come back for the new season. We can, we can get pissed on new levels. And we can get pissed more than more than other fans. That's what we're looking for, just that competition. So. Agreed, agreed. We can't rush ourselves back in. So I think we're aware, so I think if we cut ourselves bone dry and went to a new season or anything, our two parts would be That's gone. That's the thing. What, I, what, I don't, what we don't want is obviously, you know, because of this break, is that you, when you come back to it, you know, we want, you know if we're, we're going to come back on that pitch and look like we've not been away, it's got to be the same for the fans in terms, yeah. of, in terms of what you bring to the party. You know, we, we don't want to seem like you've had a six months off. Obviously, we've had two in the news have been two of our players that have gone elsewhere. Um, is this a time that's kind of ripe for the transfer market and bringing um, names to the club as well, do you think? Yeah, it's it, it's always difficult because I suppose during lockdown, it's it's harder to recruit as such at our level um, because we're not training and not having games. I suppose it's hard to recruit, but Aggie and Brownie have been around long enough. They've got contacts. We know, you know, We've not had a, a time yet where if we feel like we're short in a certain area, we can't fill it, um, whether that's from homegrown talent or whether it's from a, another local lad that wants to come in. You know, those would have seen, um, you know, Ryan Huckle that come in sort of late towards the end of prior to lockdown, you know, was just sort of getting his feet in. So, you know, there's another exciting um, prospect there that hopefully when we can um, get back to it, you know, he'll fill some of the shoes. Um, so you know, I've I've not got I've got no doubts that when we can get back to training, and I'm sure Aggie and Brownie are already looking at what the squad will look like, um, and uh, where we will go from there. And I can assure you, we will we'll, we will not be short in any areas because of the people that have been left. Oh, so Huckle, is it Huckle will stay? Will he? I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that everyone will stay, and I'm sure they will. So I can't speak. For all of them, we're all in the same group at the moment. You know, we're all still talk- talking and stuff. So it's very hard to see what the, the future will bring. He came in and was very positive. Um, you know, again, another hardworking individual in training. So he had a friendly, I believe, with us as well and looked promising there as well. So, you know, I'm hopeful that we'll retain all of them. Obviously, I can't comment if we will, um, because I don't know. Um, but I'm hopeful that we will we will keep the the lads that we've got, and you know, like I said, we're all in this together, and and that's shown with the, the group chats that we're in. That the banter is still very much there um, amongst everyone. So um, I'm, I'm more than confident when we return that we will uh, we'll hit the ground running again. Yeah, Who's got the worst banter, James? Who's got the worst banter? Probably me. It's probably the safest oh, thing to say. No, it's not going to be you, though, is it? It's not going to be you. <laughs> Well, they're different questions. No, I, I generally try. I, I'm generally quite quiet. I'm normally on the receiving end of quite a lot of banter. So, um, <laughs> especially between the staff, especially between the staff, I don't even have to say anything and walk into the office, and I'm already getting it. So, how are you? How are um, you taking that off, Ben? You can't take anything off, Ben. No way. <laughs> You'll be surprised to know Ben's not the main culprit, unfortunately. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's, it's a laugh, and I suppose that's what we miss the most. You know, we miss that banter mm-hmm. in it. You know, it is good fun and it is all friendly. And ultimately, it's what keeps the team together along with everything mm-hmm. else. So I can't really say he's got the worst banter because there's uh, there's such big characters in, in the in the team. And, uh, you know, that it's, yeah, 
it's, it's great. I don't think anyone's got bad banter. If anything, if I ever try and give it back, it's me. So um, it's very, very honest of yeah. you, James. Very honest. <laughs> but the safest answer. That's the thing. Because I know that some of these might see it. So <laughs> it's the safest answer. Sa- safety, safety, James. Safety, James. <laughs> Here we go. You, should, you can't as a staff. One of the players, you said you trained with him a couple of months ago. Did you outperform any of the players? Go on, name and shame a player. Oh, Did God you outperform no. any? Oh, God, no. Oh, God, no. Don't even go. No, absolutely not. Uh, you've all seen me. Like, I'm nowhere near. I'm no fit. I just joined in because I thought, you know, it was a Zoom session in, our, you know, in my back garden with the laptop there. I, I joined in. You know, I thought... I can't not. We all do. We all, do, you know, we, you know, we're all there as staff and, and mucking in. And again, it was the social, even though it was a fitness session that was bloody hard. You know, I'll, I'll never outperform any of them. Even the staff, I won't outperform. So, uh, but I don't mind that. Who's I the fit? Who's the fittest? Who's the fittest? They all are. I can't. I can, it's, 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 hard, it's hard. It's hard answer. Someone's got. Someone. Someone's got the crown. Because we knew. Like if you look at the like England cricket. Splinters team are hurting time, his ass. If you if you look at the England cricket team for a long time, everyone knew that Alistair Cook do the bleep test the longest. It was wide public knowledge. And I wonder if there's like who if there's someone who's the fittest. Who's the, who's the benchmark in the Hastings side to beat? Well, for you, George, it's uh, okay, David. To be safe, I think. They're, they're all fit. Don't get me wrong. They're all incredibly fit. Um, What's what Mar- you're saying? Chris is going to... I think Marcus is probably... I think Marcus is up there. Marcus Goldsmith is probably up there with um, one of the fittest, you know. Seeing his Strava runs and running around with a 10-kilogram vest on and running times quicker than I would ever dream of running, it just sort of testament to his, uh, his fitness. But I think... Brilliant. I think everybody is. So what we're saying is, James McCrossan has said that all the other players are... Harsh language. And Marcus, Marcus's fitness is way above you guys, so you need to crack on, otherwise James is going to have you. That's, what's, that's what James has just said. You're, you're wear the, all the, the rubbish training top that Dali wore all the time. you have to wear that. <laughs> <laughs> right, guys. Closing this up, I think we should leave this on a, a, a fantastic note, which is our the supreme leader, Aggie, and all the staff signing on for a new another two years. Uh, who wants to start off on that? Go on, Rob. Oh yeah, I'll start them. It's just it was actually really good because I remember thinking, obviously, obviously, as I mentioned before, this lockdown's been really hard. And a couple of times, I was generally thinking, oh god, Aggie and all the they're all going to leave, aren't they? And it's not going to be the same when we go back. Just having the fact knowing that they've signed gives that, that sort of like stability at the end of the uh, end of the tunnel. Like when I go back to Hastings, it is, it's going to be similar to what like it was. We, we, we still have the hope, the dream. It gives, it gives you something to look forward to and work towards during lockdown. It's after the dark days in this lockdown, I'm not going to deny it. But just that, that little, little ray of hope keeps you going. Like, yeah, I can get through this. So fantastic news. Uh, Roy? I think it's fantastic for everyone around the club because, you know, it's not just what Chris does on the pitch. It's what he brings off of it as well. That, you know, that you're travelling on the coach to away games like... It just the atmosphere is always incredible. Even after a loss, it's not too dejected. There's still a level of you know, Donald. There's still a level of pride that's been instilled by Chris and everyone who works with him. And I think, obviously, the football, the results are excellent under Chris, but it's the behind-the-scenes stuff he does, which I think really makes him one of the most rounded managers. Certainly, not just in our league, but certainly looking a few leagues above as well. So obviously it's fantastic for everyone at the club that we can have him for a couple more years. R- rounded, are you saying Chris is fat? No, I'm not taking John's material. Um, 
Sorry. Go on. Uh, he's not. He's not snowman. Well-rounded. He's uh, character-wise well-rounded. What you're saying is he, he, he stopped wearing the magic jeans because he's fat. If this was a quote from Ryan, he stopped oh. wearing the magic jeans because of his weight. Is that what you're saying? I remember, I remember why I haven't come on Facebook this for a little page, while now. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, it's been nice knowing you all. Um... Right, uh, Andy? Uh, yeah, that, well, it, it is good. I, I, was, um, I remember talking about this, and I was concerned, sort of objectively concerned, given the possibilities for someone like him, if, if he was left sort of um, lying fallow for too long, and also the, the looming prospect of a double annulment of seasons would leave us really exposed. So I was, I was delighted, delighted when they all signed up, because they're the difference. I think they're the difference. They're, they're why James does what he does and, um, and things like that. They create the atmosphere that makes James do what he does and, and all the other people around the club do what they do. So it's just, um, you know, it's, they, yeah, they're the difference. And therefore, without them, we really would have been up the creek, I think. It has to be said, you know, psychologically, it would have been a real, real downer to be, to be without them in this circumstance. As somebody who was a sort of bank holiday, Easter Monday, um, Boxing Day type attendee until that moment, which I said to you, Chris, where I thought, hang on, something's changed here. And and that was quite a light bulb moment for me with Hastings. And, yeah, long may it continue. Yeah, excellent. I just, it just took me back to um, it was a horrible day a couple of years back at East Grinstead, um, where it looked like Aggie was going to go and... The, um, the board at the time were giving abuse in the stands and 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 bad things were happening at the club. And you think the club's not in that place anymore. Um, it's in a place where a talented coaching setup like we have can thrive, and it, it gives you a lot more positivity. You look back to that to that time where you know that perhaps you know we don't know the ins, ins and outs and everything that went on, but it's, it seemed like what was going on that our, some of our talented staff could have rightly walked away. It just doesn't look like that anymore. And uh, lots of positivity is is there. And uh, it shows with, with Aggie signing to 2023. It seems ages away. It's only, only a couple of years away. But um, it's it just like, – and then what Robbie said just gives you a lot of positivity to say that when we come back to football, it's not going to be totally different. It's not going to be – not as good as it was. We are going to have that wonderful side with that wonderful setup. So, good news, uh, Johnny Wells. Well, I think you, everyone's missing the point. There's been a there's a popular coup that's taken place, and <laughs> <laughs> the what? the power the power is going to shift dramatically from the these names that you're mentioning. But I don't want it to be vindictive or bitter, and um, I can see a, a very good role in the club Aggie will be cleaning the boots and Billy will be hanging the shirts out for the games in the boots you bought the kittens again there John how many kittens do you oh, get uh, don't mention the kittens <laughs> I'll start to make me bit bitter again that communist hat has become more and more of like some sort of despot dictator you haven't seen any half of it it's going to be coming out in the next few days unfortunately you have to suffer it James any any thoughts obviously this involves yourself as well because it's everyone staying for two years, I take it. So, I mean, that's great. So, yeah, um... yeah. 
Like I wasn't obviously I'm not involved with the negotiations between Billy and Chris, but for me it was an absolute no-brainer with Chris and the rest of the coaching staff, and I'm sure I can speak on behalf of them as well that it was probably not difficult negotiations as to whether we we stick around or whether we don't. So, um, you know, I'm just we just can't wait to get back into it, and like I said, we just want to better hit that ground running again, and and uh, whichever division we're in or wherever we're at is to get back on that football pitch and put a performance on for all you guys. So the sooner we can get back to that, the better. Lovely words, James. And, and you've been wonderful. Thank you very much. Uh, I mean, you're obviously very professional as well, which none of us are. So um, it stands out like a sore thumb. But um, yeah, no, thanks for your time. And um, no, thanks, for on. No, thanks. James, just just thanks, man. And please, please come on again. Please come on again to the I'm, round I'm table. Sure I can do. I'm sure I can. No problem. And that's it for another episode, Blues fans. It has, as always, been a pleasure. Remember, if you want to get involved or if you have any feedback, the email is hufcpod at gmail.com or the Twitter is at hufcpodcast. I now try and get as much video content out as well, which is on the YouTube, which is a little bit more raw and uncensored. That search on your YouTube is Sussex by the Sea podcast. You'll be able to see the whole channel. All that's left for me to say is, I've been your host, Chris Laverick. Hope you have a good fortnight and see you at the game. <laughs>